0: Howdy-do, neighbor. It's Berean spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Now, here's the guys.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Berean Spirits. So glad you can join us on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning, first day of September 2022. Uh, We're looking forward to today's program. I think you'll find it very interesting, perhaps very helpful, and uh, we'll be getting into that in just a minute. My name is Chris Peltz. I'm an evangelist with the Southside Church of Christ in Springfield, Missouri. We've got Josh Thornhill with the Brookmead Church of Christ over in Johnson City, Tennessee. How are you doing, Josh?
2: I'm excited, Chris. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. that 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 intro picture that was there of me, you know, oh. in the football stadium. Yeah. Kind of appropriate cuz that's where I'll be later tonight. So.
1: Yeah. All right, yeah. man.
2: Going to a, a Ball is game. Back.
1: Yeah. Who are they playing?
2: Ball State. Well, <laughs> Nobody.
1: <laughs> no. <Nobody. laughs> There's anybody
2: who's from Muncie, Indiana. I'm sorry
1: oh man well you know it it you know you got to pick a game where you confident they at least have a slight chance of winning
2: um like they're 30 point favorites so yeah
1: (laughs) which means they'll win by three (laughs) 100 oh man (laughs) awesome well, in true spirit of the first day of the Tennessee Vols season, we got Mr. Richard Dodson mm-hmm. over in Kearney, Missouri, with the Kearney Church of Christ, all dressed up in his little orange.
0: Yeah, I, I wore this in honor of Josh. Yeah, man. Because I knew I knew, he, I knew, he'd be wearing the Tennessee hat. Where's that crazy little hat, though, that's in the intro? You know, the
2: picture? Oh, that's at home. It's It's too warm to wear that today. Yeah, it's too warm
0: to ever wear that hat. But That
2: was in November. That was a November game, and it was like 20 degrees or something. I don't know. It yeah. was cold, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. 30, 40 degrees, something like that. Right. Yeah,
0: you might want to go back to the thrift store and find another hat. I don't know. I mean,
1: would that really be being a good steward of his resources? You didn't see the hat. You... <laughs> <laughs> nice segue there. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, folks, uh, if uh, if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, give us a like a thumbs up and share it out with all your friends. And remember, also, we are now podcasting these episodes as well. So after we've done the live program, uh, Richard does his little uh, magic boom and uh, hits the twiddly D and all of a sudden we are on Spotify and other um, uh, podcast apps. So you can listen to us, uh, on your favorite podcast app. And, uh, if we're not on your favorite podcast app, shoot us an email, bereanspirits at gmail.com and we'll do what we can to see if we can get on your particular, uh, favorite app. Was you saying something, Richard?
0: No, I, I would just say, you know, it's really neat to be able to download those on your, like, let's say when you're driving home tonight, all sad from the Tennessee game, if you got a whole bunch of those downloaded, it can take your mind off the game and and get a little edification as you're driving home. Yeah, 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 man. I'll I mean, just
2: turn it, on it, my YouTube page and listen to my sermons. Well, I don't want to <laughs> put myself to <laughs> sleep. Josh, Josh
1: loves listening to himself. <laughs> when I have trouble sleeping, it
2: you know it knocks you right out. <laughs> well, that's what I
1: do. Yeah, I listen to you when I have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> uh, oh man hey oh real quick all right so we've we've got our our YouTube channels right I've got cut straight um Richard has the what is your YouTube channel you have a YouTube channel Carney Church of Christ Carney, Carney Church of Christ Josh has his YouTube channel but I, I'm the the name is drawn a blank on me
2: currently it is called the transforming word okay uh, but if you want, you can go to the Facebook page Brookme Church of Christ, and you can find links to the page from there. Yeah. Okay. I know sometimes it might be difficult to find it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, we we have a Berean Spirits YouTube page, by the way, so that makes it easier to find.
1: That's right. Yeah, Berean Spirits YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's what it's all about, right? Berean Spirits. That's what that's what we're trying to uh, get folks direct them to, and and hopefully. Uh, kind of grow that community. We appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens. So let's go ahead and get into uh, our topic of the day, which is stewardship. And, uh, Josh, if you would like, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and define stewardship and, uh, tell us a little bit about what stewardship is?
2: Well, the, the word steward is used a couple times in the Bible. Uh, depending on what your version is, it might say um, manager. For example, Luke 16, uh, you have the parable of the unjust steward. Um, the New American Standard, I'm not totally sure what other versions might say off the top of my head, but it describes uh, a manager um, or just uses the word manager. Uh, New King James has steward. and I think ESV has manager as well as the NIV and the, Christian standard. So anyway, that that's really the concept of steward or being a st- or stewardship is a manager. Uh, some version or some uh, definitions like um, Thayer defines it as the manager of a household or of household affairs, uh, a manager, a steward, a superintendent. Uh, I think that would be a good description of Potiphar or Joseph in Potiphar's house. Uh, he is the steward of Potiphar's house in a sense. Um, its I think that's the essential uh, principle, one who manages the property of another.
0: I got a good example. Adam. Adam and Eve. They were to uh, manage the Garden of Eden. They were to dress it, take yeah. care of it. So there's a good example of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Started right in the beginning, didn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. It did. <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, from the very beginning, God you know, intended us to be good stewards of of His creation, right? And and while there's certainly a lot more to it, that is a big, um, you know, a big point, especially today when we are, uh, you know, in the midst of, you know, a, a crisis, if you will. Uh, because there are those who deny God and and believe that we are about to um, destroy the planet um, without regard for what God says. The fact that He has preserved it Second uh, Peter chapter three uh, verse seven. You know He's preserved it for the day of judgment and perdition. And you know, uh, but with that said, we are as God's children, as His creation. To be good stewards of what he has blessed us with in this life, and and uh, we ought to be you know good with the environment, we ought to be good with um, the, the things that we have and, and are blessed with in this life for sure. Uh, but also in view of the fact that uh, God is in control and that that it is God's. I mean, that's part of understanding you know that we you know as far as being a manager who owns it who whose property or creation if you will it, it are we managing and it is god's and so we need to always remember that and keep that in mind i do believe
0: absolutely yeah i'd agree <laughs> good point <laughs> yeah thanks Amen.
1: I, 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 that's the only kind of points i make yeah
0: i hope you're not looking for any anybody to expound on that but uh yeah i
1: guess not (laughs) no well uh, um so beyond well i mean let's just move on then i mean if you guys don't have anything to say
0: about creation
1: (laughs) and and, you know your your sound is
0: cracking chris no okay yeah
2: I, i would say that you know while i would agree that we ought to be uh you know we ought to take care of the world that God has given us. Uh, we're not powerful enough to to destroy it, like people claim that we are. That that's God's job. But I, again, we 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 ought to be able to. We ought to strive to take care of it in the very best that we can. And I think, you know, having well anyway, being being a good steward of what God has given us means that we're going to, to care for it in a in a good way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um well, beyond the creation aspect, beyond the 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 resources and and just taking care of um the in, the environment, you know, God has blessed us with you know, the necessities of life. He's blessed us with um he, he's blessed us with uh, the means of uh, providing for our family. And, and we need to be good stewards with that as well. The, the blessings that we have of, um, you know, of, uh, of money, of our resources to you know, have the necessities of life. Uh, I think of Ephesians chapter four, when he says, you know, he who stole, steal no more. But then he goes on to say, but rather you know, labor with your hands that you can provide for those who don't have anything. And and I think that's part of being a good steward uh, of what God blesses us with in this life as well. What do you guys think?
0: I think when we go to the parable of the talents, we learn about stewardship. In Matthew chapter twenty-five, and verses fourteen through thirty. There was the man who was given five talents, another two talents,
1: another one
0: talent. And in the parable, the uh, man who had five talents. He was a good steward and he received, uh, five talents more. And then the man who received two talents, he received two talents more. He was a good steward, but the last one was a one who, uh, refused to take responsibility. And, uh, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do anything. He just buried the talent and then gave it back to the, uh, his master. And of course, uh, that, with that comparison we can see, you know, because obviously in the parable, the, the master is the Lord, because at the end that, that one is cast into the lake of fire. And so that lesson right there teaches us that we need to be good stewards over all the blessings that the Lord puts us in charge of. And there's a lot of things that we may be in charge of that we take for granted. Maybe we call that our own, uh, but as Chris said, everything belongs to God. If you're a Christian, everything does. And if the Lord blesses you with something, then you need to be taking care of that. And with that, that means you're going to have to, uh, know what you're taking care of the very things that the Lord gives you. It's up to you to know about those things. And so again, that's very important, um, Because we want to be like the man who had five talents. We want to be like the man who had two talents. And uh, I thought, you know, Chris, I'll just start off if you don't mind. But, you know, the Lord has given each one of us time. Now, we don't know how much time he's given us, but we do know we have time. I mean, we're here now. And in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, we're told to make the best use of of the time. And I think that's repeated in Ephesians 5 and and verse 16. And so when we think about wasting time, uh, you know, we have to be very careful about that because that has been given to us by the Lord. And since it belongs to the Lord, we are accountable for that. So what do we spend our time doing? Are we doing this and things that are going to be pleasing to God? Or are we doing Uh, using it selfishly. Now, if we're doing it selfishly again, we're going to be like the one talent, man, we're going to give an account and we have to be careful about that. Now that doesn't mean you can't take time off, uh, the disciples, you know, when they came back from the limited commission, uh, Jesus told them to, to take time off and rest a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you can take some time to recharge the batteries, but unfortunately, there's some people who take a little too much time. And I'm going to give you a good example. Uh, on Sunday mornings, most local churches meet to uh, worship. But there are those from time to time who try to selfishly put their own interest ahead of what the Lord has, want, who, who instructed them, what he, how he wants that time spent. And they will use it to go and do something, for instance, like go see a cheese game or, or something like that. Now that's selfish and that's burying your talent. And if you're using your time in that manner, then guess what? You're going to give an account. That's what I learned from the parable of the talents.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I mean, time is definitely uh, one of those things that we have to be good stewards with and, yeah, sometimes it's a matter of judgments, and I think a lot of what we're going to get into, as we will see, there are some judgments to be made in this, and there's not always a um, right and wrong, which is why sometimes that makes this particular subject a little bit more difficult to deal with. Uh, but there are some that are, you know, some things that I think are very, very clear, uh, more clear than others. For example, First Peter chapter 4 in verse 10, after talking about uh, being hospitable to uh, those around you. He says to be good stewards of the grace of God that you have received. I mean, the, the grace of God that we as Christians have received through the gospel of Christ is something that we have to be sharing with others. We have to be you know, stewards in the respect that We are not only living our lives according to that gospel, but we're trying to share it with others. You know, Paul said in Romans one verse fourteen, "I am indebted, or I owe it, to the uh, Greek and the barbarian, to the wise and the foolish, and so I will preach to you who are in Rome also." and And his point is that because of what God has done for me, the grace of God that I have received, you know, I'm I'm going to share it with you as well. And we do that through not only example, but through uh, verbal teaching, preach the word in season, out of season, Second Timothy 4, verse 2. And so that's one of those things that we are to do is to make sure that we are taking that word that God has blessed us with, and we're sharing it with others through um, not only our words, but through our actions, through our teaching, our example, that we have. That's being a good steward of the grace of God that he has blessed
0: us with. Josh? Well, David Stambersky has a question, if we have time for this. Yeah, okay. What do we do with the scripture that says Satan is the God of this world or age? Ephesians, I believe. And I don't think that it's in Ephesians unless I'm mistaken. I think it's in uh, 2 Corinthians. But uh, David, uh, god, he's not a god uh but there are those who do not believe as the scripture 2nd corinthians 4 and yeah 2nd corinthians 4 verse 4 in their case the god of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers you know he is their god in other words he they serve uh their own interests but if even if you look at that passage god there's not even capitalized he's not a god and uh keeping that in mind, if, if you go to Ephesians one, uh, our God, Jesus, he put all things, the, the father put all things under his feet and he's head over all things, uh, to the church. So, I mean, he, everything belongs to, everything's under Jesus. And yeah. so it with Satan here. That's just, that's just kind of a way of saying that, that these unbelievers, you know, they, they've gone the way of Satan and uh, it has nothing to do with him being a God or, or him being in control of this world because he's not. Jesus is in control.
1: Not only is, is he in control, the father in control, but, you know, uh, that particular text, when it talks about Satan being a, you know, the God of this world, remember Romans 14 says, you know, our, 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 their God is their belly. Um, you know, the, the idea is that, as you pointed out, that's who they serve but also the influence that he has when it comes to this life and this world and, and sin. Um, and so, um, you know, God is the creator of this world, but Satan has come in and has had an influence on it. And when our focus is merely uh, carnal, merely things of this world rather than an eternal focus, then we, you know, that's an influence that Satan has had. On us, and it doesn't go beyond this world, which means God's out of the picture. Um, and I think that's part of the point that uh, you know that Satan is the god of this world, uh, because we don't look beyond this world. If uh, you know when the Father is out of it, we don't have an eternal view or purpose, and and that's the danger uh, of that.
2: I think the simple reality is when people don't serve God, Satan is their God. Whatever <coughs> form that may take, or whatever name they may put on it, Satan is their God.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right. Exact point. Good point. Good point. So, so Josh, when it when it comes to stewardship, uh, you know, I mentioned First Peter chapter four, uh, verse ten, being stewards of of God's grace. If uh, if you have, if you want to elaborate maybe a little bit on that. Uh, And then there are some, I think, some specifics that I think we can get into when it comes to maybe the work of the church and things of that nature.
2: As far as stewardship is concerned, I think if we are wise, we'll look at stewardship uh, in a rather broad sense. What I mean by that is view everything that we have as being something that's given to us by God, and therefore we are given to manage it. And in managing it, we are seeking to manage it for His glory and not our own. And I think that's part of the problem with the parable of the unjust steward. And, of course, I kind of have some trouble wrapping my head completely around that one, but um, I think part of it is He's not managing it in... In a, in a manner that that's fitting for his master. But that's our goal is to manage everything that we've been given uh, in a manner that glorifies God. And so we ought to think about, obviously one of the, the easy ones to think about is our money. Uh, Richard already pointed out our time. I think another easy one would be our money. We are to be good stewards of our money. And if we're just wasting it, or if we're, um, just racking up tons and tons and tons of debt because we just have to have it now. Uh, We're not being good stewards of our funds, especially if everybody else's name is already on our paycheck. When it comes in the the bank account, Um, we're not being good, good stewards. And then I I think when we think about our money as a a sense of stewardship, that's why we say, as we stand before the stand at the table to, for the collection or the offering and on the first day of the week, uh, we we mentioned the idea of we're giving back to God a portion of what he's given to us. Everything we have belongs to God. And so we're not giving him something that's not already his, uh, but we're giving part of what he's blessed us with uh, to do the work that he's given us to do. And so uh, money, I think clearly is one of the things that we need to be good stewards of. Um, and we ought to be... Uh, mindful of that as we budget and as we we plan our money. Uh, But I think another area in which we are stewards is in our relationships, and I don't think we often think about it in that way. Uh, God, whether we are a son or daughter, a father or mother, a husband and wife, a friend, uh, whatever it may be, co-worker, acquaintance, whatever, uh, that relationship is given to us as for us to be a good steward of. And I think we need to think about our relationships in terms of stewardship. How am I managing this relationship in a manner that's going to bring glory to God? Uh, when you think about that in, in the husband and wife relationship, are you being the husband that God calls you to be to your husband? Are you being the wife that God calls you to be to your husband? Uh, are you uh, being the son that you ought to be to your, your parents? Are you being the, the parent you are to be to your, your children? Are we managing our role in that relationship in a manner that's going to bring glory to God? And I think we need to reflect on that and make sure that we, we recognize what God has said as far as our relationships are concerned, and make sure that in all things that we are glorifying God in whatever role He has given us. And of course, part of that is to respect the boundaries that He's given for those roles, yeah, And I think we need to, to learn that a lot in our society today. But uh, yeah. regardless, um, uh, there's a lot of things, and, and even with our possessions and, and things like that, uh, we are given them as stewards. And again, it, it's a gift, a gift of God, a gift of God's grace, we could say. Uh, God blesses us probably far, at least in this country, far greater than we deserve. And we need to recognize that as a gift that God has given us and, and use that, uh, for his glory, for his purposes in a way that helps us to magnify him and to draw closer to him in the life that we live.
1: And, and really that was the context of first Peter four in verse 10, when you back up to verse nine, you know, it, it, it talks about, uh, hospitality, for example, you know, <clears throat> You know, blessing others with what we have been blessed with and helping and sharing and so yeah i think that's um you know definitely in that relationship is something that we need to uh we definitely need to consider when it comes to being good stewards richard
0: well i kind of want to backtrack here um i'm hearing an echo is there a reason why i'm hearing it e- all right went away Uh Josh and I had a couple of the same points, money and relationships. So I I do want to just add about money is is we need to make sure as stewards over the blessings of the money that the Lord has given us, that we, we watch over that money to serve God rather than us serving the money. And what I mean by that is there have been, and I know brethren who have got themselves so far into debt as in the uh, parable of the sower, they become unfruitful. And uh, they don't have time to do the other things the Lord expects of them to do. And so they have to work in order to pay off all their debt. So now they're, they're, now they're just serving money. And uh, we have to be careful about that. That's being a poor steward. Uh, the Lord wants us to work to be able to pay our debts, yes, but he also wants us to be able— As Chris said in hospitality, you know, we're supposed to be working so that we can give to other people. Um, Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul gave that example of working to help others. In verse 35, he said, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And then Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And so, you know, as a steward, we have to be very careful with our money so that uh, we're not wasting it on the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And we want to make sure if there's a possibility we can, you know, reserve money that that money is put aside so that we can help other people, that we can share it with them. yeah. And, and that's one of the big faults with gambling, because gambling does not allow you to do that. Uh, gambling is being a poor steward with money, uh, which, if I'm going to give a shameless plug, that's what I'm going to be speaking on tonight on Gospel Preaching Hive is gambling. But uh, we need to make sure, as being a good steward, that if we can, uh, we need to save our money so that we can use that money as the Lord wants us to, for instance, to be able to give back to the Lord at at church when the collection is made, uh, to be able to help those who are in need. You know, these things are priorities because these are things the Lord expects us to use that money for. Uh, but like I said, go ahead.
2: You can finish. I thought you were, finished. well,
0: I I was close enough. Go ahead. I I do have something I want to add to relationships, but go ahead.
2: Um, as far as money, I would say there's three things that God has given us to be able to do with our money. And I I would even go so far as to say he expects us to do all three. Um, number one is spend. I think God allows us to enjoy the fruits of our labors uh, within reason, uh, give. And I think that, I think Chris pointed out the verse there in Ephesians chapter four, let him who stole steal no longer, but he says, let him work with his hands so he can give to him who has need.
0: Yeah. That's one. I, 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 gave that verse. I thought Chris pointed
2: out anyway I at the beginning, uh, but go ahead. Um, ver- the third thing is to save and, and, you know, the, um, the book of Proverbs and I forget exactly where it says it off the top of my head. Uh, I will, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children is what yeah. it says there. And how is that going to be accomplished? By saving, by saving. Yeah. And yeah. so we need to be doing all three and I'd say probably, you know, a pretty big priority on the saving part, especially. Right. You
1: know? so, well, <laughs> but, I want to add a little bit on this time or uh, the money aspect of things because you know, we we went through here in our country uh, a few weeks back, where there was a lottery, right? We have the lottery end, and it had reached, uh, if not a record, it was close to the record. I think it, I almost want to say it was the record, but but there was a lot of people talking. Oh man, if I could win that, if I had that much money, I would do this. I would do that. And sometimes, uh, you know, especially when with uh, babes in Christ, you know, sometimes you'll hear them say, "Man, if I if I could." do that or win that and have that much money. I I would do this for the church. I would do that. I would give this much to the church or, um, and one of the things I try to point out is first of all, don't, don't expect God to bless you with, with that. And of course I would say tune into gospel preaching live tonight, uh, to hear more about gambling. And I'm sure Richard will probably touch on lottery as well, but, um, but, the the question I would ask is, you know, you talk about what you would do if you had more, but what God is interested in is what are you doing with what you have now? Mm-hmm. And, and that, it, you know, and Richard partly touched on that when he, he mentioned gambling, you know, you can go with what you have now and, and possibly lose it, more than likely lose it. Um, but you know what what are you doing for the lord to glorify the lord as as Josh mentioned earlier all that we do should be to glorify him and you know, what are you doing with you, what you have now for the lord and and for that aspect of things and so i think that's something that's important for us to realize that that's what god is wondering you know what are you doing now that you know the parable of the talents and and all the other things that you guys have mentioned i think brings that all together into the point that uh, God expects us to do with what we have now, what would glorify Him, and to be good stewards of what we have now in, in that aspect, which uh, we can, we'll get back to relationships. But while we're on money, let's, let's look at some of the things I mentioned earlier, judgments will come into play. The, the, the church, for example, because this is a huge uh, point of contention uh, for some, and that is how the church uses its money right? What the church can and cannot do, what it's authorized to do. And sometimes there are things that it boils down to being good stewards of God's money. And, and that's where sometimes judgments, and, and we've got to be careful because some look at perhaps buying a church building, as opposed to renting a, a space to meet or, or in someone's home, Um, you know, that can be a matter of stewardship and there's some judgments that are going to have to be made of where a local congregation meets, uh, and what they're going to do and how much they spend to meet in various locations. Um, you know, one thing that is, uh, you know, a point of contention could, uh, could be transportation like buses or church vans or even kitchens, you know, because there are certain things churches are authorized to do, but oftentimes the what we find today is if a congregation invests or takes that money, uh, they they don't use it for what is authorized. They use it for uh, their own desires and wants and fun, food and frolic, rather than what might be authorized. And so we become poor stewards when. Uh, you know, perhaps what was starting off to be uh, used for something that may have been authorized. It's not always the, you know, the um, the most stewardess thing to do, if that's even a word. Um, You know, like I mentioned kitchen, you know, we could have a kitchen to uh, feed needy saints, you know, saints who are in in destitute need of, of food. But right now in our age, and our time, our society, that that's probably not the most studious thing to do because of all the other means that are available and out there to provide food uh, for needy saints. And, and so whether it's a restaurant or a grocery store and all the other means and ways that are available to us, there's probably better ways, better use of the funds to take care of that particular need. But that's a judgment
0: that people have to make. Guys? Well, I, I think you hit it on the head when you called it God's money. And if it's God's money, then again, you're, we're being stewards. And there are certain things that we do not have uh, debate over because it's completely laid out in scripture. Uh, you know, what? Uh, how the Lord's money is to be used. For instance, you know, you, you know, we got we have to fund the preaching. Uh, that that has to be accomplished because nobody can do what we're doing unless, I mean, we, we would starve. Uh, we, we you know, you, if a preacher is not paid, then uh, uh, there's you got to fund it somehow, some way. And so the Bible makes it very clear: pay the preacher. Uh, but the judgments that you're talking about. Yeah, we need to have better judgments, and because that does get in an area that uh, I think we're going to be judged for. But uh, it's 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 also something that gets it gets into an area. I mean, let's face it, it is a judgment, and so you know I, we've all seen churches that have built these huge okay. monstrous church buildings, and some of the things that I have seen. Uh, I saw a church one time that uh, uh, put a steeple on the church and I didn't understand what purpose that served. I mean, why would you spend the Lord's money to do that? I saw another church that had a stained glass window and they put it on a button that it would electronically come, you know, during services it'd come out and then after services you hit the button and it would go back into its protective cover. And I, you know, I thought, why would you spend that kind of money on something like that? Uh, Those are the kind of things the Lord is going to judge us on because he's going to say, you know, hey, you know, you could have funded more preaching or you could have had a church steeple. You know, which one are you going to pick? Well, the preaching is going to be more beneficial. Uh, and, And so when we're making judgments, that's what we have to decide is what do we need? to be able to fulfill the Lord's commands like assembling, you know, what do we need to be able to do that? But let's make sure that we do have uh, the money left over to do what the Lord wants us to do. And that is proclaiming his will. Yeah. And, and, and
1: I agree with you in, in what you're saying completely, but one of the things with that, we have to be very careful about, you know, turning around and, and understanding those are judgments, and and why they may have done that. Uh, for example, the steeples. There is one group, uh, a congregation, that where they built their church building, the uh, the ordinance of the city therein is was uh, had placed a requirement for religious centers um, to you know have some distinguishing feature, and one uh, that uh, I think they found to be the cheapest option of what they had put was a steeple well that's Uh,
0: not that's that's not even a judgment
1: well right but i'm but i'm saying is sometimes we don't know when we look at you know if we're saying oh man they were poor stewards or or whatever you know that's where yeah more than likely it's a judgment call but not always not always
0: is it a judgment call Uh, well i was i was part of the work that had the steeple so i know all about it (laughs) yeah yeah
2: and i would add to that we need to Be gracious to others as well, because sometimes we don't know uh, some of the decisions that lead. We can claim that they're poor stewards, uh, but we don't know some of the decision making that was going on behind that. So I think there is a need for graciousness exactly. uh, toward others.
1: And, and that's part of that being stewards of God's grace as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, now um, I will say I was at the, the church I visited that had the same glass. I didn't get up and leave, but I I mean, it was just something that I took note of. So I maybe maybe that was what Chris described. Maybe that's why they did what they did, but uh it just seemed well, like an awful waste of money. It, yeah.
1: And and that's where it comes into um, you know, there there are those who look at it and say, listen, you know, if this this is the Lord's, it needs to be presentable. Um, you know, I think it's a poor steward, you know, in in my judgment. Again, that's where it comes in to uh, you know sometimes to, to basically use the uh, the cheapest material at all costs right in everything because because in in building a building because then you're gonna have a so much more upkeep and in the long term it would have been better to spend more money um, you know on better material than, to take the cheapest route where you're going to have to end up having more upkeep costs, more, you know, down the road, it's going to cost more money um, to maintain or fix things than it was if it had been, you know, uh, spent a little bit more money up front. Again, those, those are all the kinds of judgments, but when we're making those judgments, the whole point of all of this is to remember that it is the Lord's we're using the Lord to glorify Him, and is that our purpose and goal, or is it because it's what man likes, man wants? We want to, you know, please, you know, the lust of the eyes of men, as opposed to um, simply making sure we have a place, you know, that is presentable and able to glorify God, and that we can worship God together. Um, you know, sometimes we go beyond needs, and we start wanting to please men, and um, and that's where we cross the line of of from a good steward to not so good.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, a few years ago, I went with a couple of friends of mine to a debate. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to uh, call out the 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 church, but. Uh, it was the the debate was being held in a particular church building and we showed up early uh, er, well before the the debate just to make sure we knew where the place was and pulled in the parking lot and we're kind of like is this it and it was a gray brick building which is nothing wrong with that Uh, but you know the bottom of the brick that kind of met the the ground was kind of had some moldy or some black junk on on it Uh, there was a back door that was kind of filthy with a a little awning that was tattered and filthy. Uh, You look at the front door and there's a a mini blind in the window that's kind of skewed. And I I just, I I feel like that this just wasn't good stewardship of what they have been given. And again, I I think we can go overboard as Richard has pointed out uh, with his grand, these grandiose buildings and spending more than we need to on, on these grand meeting halls, but what we do have, we do need to be good stewards of, to make sure that it is, as as Chris pointed out, presentable, and it doesn't just look like a dump. Uh, if God has blessed us with a place to meet, we need to take care of it, and we need to treat it as something that's been given to us by God for His glory. Exactly. And allowing it to be be tattered and run down is not glorifying to the Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's an excellent point. I mean, that's. If we have it, we got. We have to use it, and we have to use it for the Lord. And, and you know, as to the Lord, right? Isn't that what he says throughout Colossians, Ephesians, and even Peter and, and others? You know, they talk about when we labor, when we work, do it as to the Lord. I mean, to glorify Him in all things, you know, do we care about Him and in, in what He's blessed us with or not? And sometimes it's a direct reflection of how we approach God's word not always but I think I think it can be a direct reflection on how we approach God and his word when we're not taking care of what he has blessed us with uh, when it comes to for example church buildings and things of that nature so Richard well, first, for anything else on that go ahead first, otherwise let's go ahead and you, you wanted to talk about relationships one more time
0: uh, first impressions are important yeah and uh if the churchyard hasn't been mowed, for instance, and Chris Kramer makes a point that I'm going to bring up, but uh, Chris says, every time I fail to cut my grass for a few days, I feel like the slothful of Proverbs 2430. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But uh, if, if you don't mow the grass, for instance, and, and a visitor comes, they're going to think that you don't care. And they may think, well, if they don't care, you know about this part of the responsibility. Then how responsibility they, are they with the teaching of the Lord's word, and that can be the case. It's the same way when you go in for a uh, job, you know, interview, you're going. You're not going to go in there with a dirty t-shirt and and grease stained jeans. Uh, you're going to try to make a good first impression. And um, so yes, everything we do that the Lord's given us, such as the building. Uh, needs to be taken care of for the sake of the work of the Lord's work. I mean if, if first impressions matter. So it does it is important that uh, not, that's that's one of the big reasons why you know we don't dress down to go to church. We want people to see us uh, coming to church and make it appear at least that it matters to us. And if we take attention to how we dress, then that tells the public this is important to them. This is something they think is important. So that's that type of thing is, uh, you know, we, we don't have much time left, but I just, I just wanted to get that in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about relationships? You want, you had a comment on that as well. Yeah.
0: um, uh, uh, on relationships, um, you know, I was, I was going to mention Luke chapter 22 and Jesus was pointing out the fact that, uh, you know, in the world, you know, that, uh, the Lord is the one who served the the greater is the one who has served, but that's not the way it is with Christians, uh, with Christians, the one who served is greater. And, um, we need to be thinking as a Christian in our relationships, because relationships is, a big way in how we're going to be judged. And uh, we need to always remember first Corinthians 13. We have to love our fellow man. We have to, and we have to be willing to sacrifice uh, for, you know, religious reasons uh, for their betterment because we serve them and not the other way around. Now getting back to what Josh said, I think all too often, um, people look at relationships whether it's husband and wife and and uh, a lot of times there's problems in, in relationships it's because each one is looking to benefit from the other they're all they're going into it with selfish reasons well the reasons marriages work and uh, the reasons why people stay married for 70 years is because they adopted jesus's teachings about the one who is greater is the one who serves. And so you, you love, you sacrifice and, and that makes a relationship work. And so as a steward of God, when we're thinking about our relationships, you know, sometimes if we're going to be the one who serves, we have to be willing to let little slights just go off our back yeah, and, uh, and let it go. Uh, so that we can cultivate that relationship and, uh, and, and, and make it even better mm. because the goal, listen, remember Stephen when he was being stoned, forgive them father, they know not what they do. The same thing Jesus said, um, uh, why did they say that? Because they were thinking about those relationships. They were thinking about what was better for them. Did they want them to see the wrath of God? No, we, none of us should want anybody to have to feel God's wrath. And so they were willing to even die in service to their fellow man.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so there, there's a lot involved. I mean, we're, we're just touching the hem of the garment when it comes to sur- stewardship for sure. Uh, but hopefully this is given some things to think about. Josh, do you have any last thoughts on stewardship?
2: Yes, I do. Um, I had a conversation a while back, and it was really enlightening to me, at least, um, because we were talking about the the concept of stewardship. And it was pointed out that, again, everything we have, whether it's money, uh, our abilities, our relationships, all of those are things that have been given to us by God uh, to be good stewards of. And, you know, this is really hard, at least to accept sometimes. Uh, but at any given moment, God can choose to change our stewardship. And particularly in in the area of relationships. Uh, you, you think about spouses passing away. Well, God has changed their stewardship. Or, God forbid, someone loses a child. God has changed their stewardship. And so, whatever it is, we need to, you know... Be good stewards of what God has given us, recognizing that in, at any moment He can change that, and He can take it away, or He can add to it, or He can change it in any way, because all of it is His to give us anyway. And whatever lot we have, whether we are a parent or a husband or wife or simply just a child, we need to use that to the glory of God. And, and if God chooses to bless us with more, you know, use it for His glory. If He chooses to take some away. Find a way to glorify him in that too.
1: Yeah.
2: That's what it's all about is glorifying God in whatever manner we have been given.
0: Yeah. Job is a great example of that for sure. Blessed blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord gives, Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That that, That has to be our attitude. Yeah. Any other last thoughts, Richard? Nope. No, I mean, there's a lot more, like you said, we could say there's, yeah, there's other things I was prepared to talk about and maybe I'll just do it in a lesson one of these days, but, uh, we really should have talked about, uh, being a good steward over God's word, but, uh, we'll, we'll deal with that another time. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Folks, we appreciate everybody tunes in and listens, be sure and check us out on our podcast as well and, uh, tune into, uh, what is it, Richard? Oh, oh, tonight? Gospel Preaching Live. That's it. Yeah, that's Gospel Preaching Live. <laughs> Absolutely. until right, next life. time, be sure and search the scriptures with Berean Spirits.
0: Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean Spirits. Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at Korean at Gmail dot com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, let's keep studying that Bible.